The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. Movies time with Roe McDermott, movies editor of Hot Press and where the Crawdads Sing has been an exceptionally popular novel in recent years. It's been adapted for the big screen starring Daisy Edgar Jones of uh, Normal People fame. So... Before we play a clip of it, what, tell us what it's all about. Well, this is the best-selling novel. If Reese Witherspoon and Oprah big up your book, you know you're going to make some money. And this became a hugely popular novel. It's a marshy drama romance murder mystery, to sum it up in one genre. Um, and people really responded to the book, the description of these uh, dramatic gothic marshlands in North Carolina. There's a young character, Kaya, who as a child lives in abject poverty, a really abusive household. All her siblings leave and she's eventually a abandoned by her parents, left to fend for herself in the marshes and really grows into herself there in the wilderness. She's an incredibly intelligent girl, but uneducated because she's so poor that when she goes to school, all the other kids laugh at her and she never goes back. So she grows up as an outcast. And the book is really about her finding herself, her fending off predators, be that people from the towns who reject her, be it men who can be violent and her coming into her own. But when It sounds like you like the book. The book is really interesting. The book plays with a lot of interesting themes. It has, at the centre an affluent young man a man in the town is discovered murdered and Kaya becomes a suspect and it becomes a question of did she have a motive for this or is it just because she's an outsider in this town um, the book had some problems there is a, an elderly black couple who take care of Kaya and it plays into this kind of very uh, white person writer or a director trope where black couples or black people are used only to dispense wisdom and help the white protagonist the book did fall into that trap but what the film does it makes everything incredibly pretty so if you like Nicholas Sparks. If you like The Notebook, you might really, really like this film. But unfortunately, it takes everything that's kind of interesting about the book and prettifies it to the nth degree. How do you mean prettifies it? So everything about the book. So the themes I was talking about, the poverty, the sense of isolation, the rejection, even the marshlands itself. The thing that makes that really interesting is that there's beauty, but there's danger. The marshlands are dark. They're filled with creatures that could be predatory. It feels it's this young girl fending for herself. It's the isolation of uh, an affluent town, rejecting a young girl who's really in need. These are things that are really dark and there's beauty in it. You see the character's strength and her resilience. In the film the marshland is just beautiful. It's constantly glowing. The flowers are blooming. The birds are sparkling and singing simultaneously. So Daisy, much so that you might want to visit that like a place I could go and hold it. It too, looks delightful. As does Daisy Edgar-Jones who of course is a beautiful woman but her wardrobe, I was drooling over it. You would spend thousands on this and she's meant to be living in abject poverty. Her wardrobe was perfectly clean, tailored, gorgeous, fashionable. So you never buy that she's poor. You never buy that she's struggling. So the rejection doesn't make sense. And Daisy Edgar Jones, she's a really interesting actress, as we've seen in Normal People. She brings this intelligence and this quiet thoughtfulness to her characters. But it just doesn't make sense for this stunning character to be so rejected. And also the book, um, the book played with the idea of the courtroom drama, this tension around, did she commit this murder? Didn't she? What happens? What's happening with the town rejecting her? The film really doesn't manage to keep the tension of that story high. It flashes back and forth between Kaya's childhood and the courtroom drama, but you never buy into the tension of the courtroom drama, so everything kind of feels a bit sluggish. We have a clip in which uh, Daisy Edgar-Jones playing Kaya tells her lawyer, played by David Strathairn, that she will not take the stand at her trial. This might help you. For the jury to be able to hear from you, for them to be able to see you as the as the kind person you truly are. They're never going to see me like that. 
Listen, I know you have a world of reasons to hate these people. No, I never hated them. They hated me. I mean, they laughed at me. They left me. They harassed me. They attacked me. You want me to beg for my life? I don't have it in me. I won't. I will not offer myself up. They can make their decision. But they're not deciding anything about me. Hmm. As we hear from that, Daisy Edgar Jones is really giving her all to this character. But the character, the writing just doesn't give the blend of someone who is strong and resilient enough to have survived in the marshlands her whole life, who is ferocious enough to fend for herself, who is isolated enough to be quite naive about certain aspects of the world and is uneducated. We see as she develops this relationship with Tate, who is a you know a young gentleman from the town who really takes her under her wing, teaches her how to read, encourages her artistic sensibilities. So you get a sense that she is really artistic and has so much potential. But Daisy Edgar-Jones is simply too beautiful, too collected and too intelligent of an actress to portray that sense of both wildness and danger and also the naivety of the character, which is just a fault of the writing and not Daisy Edgar-Jones. But it just has so, this film had so much potential. There's really interesting ideas about the racism in the town because there's this black couple who are constantly targeted. But again, that's underplayed. There's ideas of sexual violence. Kaya is very vulnerable out in the woods. She's uh, vulnerable in terms of when handsome young men pay attention to her she's never had that before and so not knowing what their intentions are but it kind of picks up these things and then drops them in favour of these melodramatic romance moments and just some more pretty landscapes I'd already bought tickets to bring cover my daughter oh, no. this next week I should have waited until I after heard your review first anyway they're purchased I'm going to it I'd imagine it'll still be very popular it's going to be really popular look I think if you like Nicholas Sparks and if you like your dramas kind of swampy and gothic with a hint of romance like absolutely it's a lovely kind of Sunday evening film um, but I just think given the intelligence and the potential of the themes it was kind of let down I will say get your wallet out because once they say your daughter see Daisy Edgar Jones' wardrobe in this you are going shopping you shouldn't be she's meant to be a March girl is our other movie or is it Live is Life or Live is Life Live is Life so I think it's been a while since I've seen these films and I was really grateful to see it this is a Netflix original it's a Spanish language film but it's a coming of age drama about a group of young boys who spend one last summer together Um, it's about a collection of boys there's little Rodri who is going on vacation with his family and meeting up uh, with his friends that he always spends time with at his grandparents home so you have Alvaro Garrigan Maza and Suzo they're all about 14 and 15 and since last they saw each other things have not been good everybody's been struggling Suzo's father has been in an accident that's left him in a coma uh, Alvaro and Maza are twins Alvaro is struggling with cancer Maza is struggling with watching his his twin brother get sicker and sicker his parents not being able to look at him anymore because he reminds them and then Garriga has a slightly more uh, subdued problem in that he has a crush on a girl and can't tell her but it's about these young boys spending one last summer together and uh, there is a myth in the town that, that on Midsummer's Eve you can climb a mountain and get a flower and the flower has magical properties that are restorative and healing and so they go to try get something for Suzo, uh, Suzo's father uh, for their young friend with cancer and so it's their one last summer together along the way of course they encounter bullies uh, they experience uh, awkward interactions with their crushes there is a subplot involving a baby which was completely unnecessary but it's really about the bonds between young men them having fun them growing up and them really grappling with very adult issues for the first time in their lives So um, you recommend this one on Netflix 
I think this is lovely. The performances are all lovely. I think it's been a while since we've had a movie that really reminded me of The Goonies, of Stand By Me. Uh, a little bit sentimental, but again, if, you, you know, if you're going for a coming-of-age drama between five boys and they're one last summer together, that's what you're getting. I think all the performances are really lovely. And I think it treads that line between looking at the wistfulness of childhood and that transition to adulthood really, really nicely. Ro McDermott, Movies Editor with Hot Press. Thank you as ever for being with us here on The Last Word of Today FM. Uh, one listener says is that I will not go to see when the crawdads sing because it can only ruin the book. That says Maria. The book is so well written. A movie can't possibly portray it. That's always the risk with an adaptation. I think this book was so beloved. You're probably wise. The last word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from four thirty. Today.